Great. Well, uh, this morning we're bringing to a conclusion a bit of a series we've been running on the subject of money and some associated things with that. So we've been, uh, we started right at the very beginning with that sense of really if we're going to respond to what the Bible says with regards to money and our attitudes, we really do need to have an encounter with God because otherwise it's just the law, isn't it? We need an encounter with God and that needs to keep happening. We need to keep encountering with God. At least I find that in my life and I guess many of you do as well. We talked about being debt free and what the Bible talks about that. We talked about prosperity and looked at the life of Joseph a little bit. We talked about how money and our connectedness to other people, um, how that works, how that whole thing works together. We talked about being honest and being people of integrity and how we operate with our money with that baseline. Uh, We talked about our never-ending priority. And then last week, as we were hearing, was about work and uh, and how how our approach to work uh, impacts that. So I want to conclude today... Uh, with my title, The Blessing of Giving. The Blessing of Giving. And, um, and I think that works at uh, an individual level, but it also works as a corporate level for us as God's people, as a church of God's people, as we bless other people. I believe it's incredible blessing on our hearts and lives, and I hope you will see that, and if you haven't already, and appreciate that. If you remember when we came into 2019, we were reflecting a little bit about 2018 and seeing how God's goodness um, had been on us as a church and a congregation. Would you agree with that? Well, thank all four of you. That's great. Um, And we were reminding ourselves of Psalm 127 where Solomon says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. You remember? Uh, Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So that whole thing, unless God is in it, we might as well pack up and go home. Hello? But then you go into the New Testament, and we looked at this in the new year, and uh, we, we thought about the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So there's the danger of doing stuff that will be in vain, but Paul's encouraging you to do stuff that won't be in vain. How many want to be in that category? And seeing things that you do have meaning, a sense of purpose, and and flourish in God. And as we abound in every activity, we've got to recognize and remember that we're never doing as much as God's doing. God is at work behind the scenes doing incredible stuff. And with him, we've heard this already. I was so encouraged with some of the words we've heard this morning. Because with him, both corporately together as a church, but also as individuals, you can be all God wants you to be and you can do all God wants you to do. You're chosen. Hang on, that's been talked about already this morning. There's a theme running through here, I think. Um, And we can know, both corporately and individually, the gracious hand of the Lord being upon us. And people seeing that and sensing that. Sometimes people who are outside the church might not be able to articulate, but they'll say, there's something different about you. There's something happening in your life that's a, that can be attractive because God's at work, yeah? How many of you want some of that? Um, and we're hearing stories of powerful encounters. Oh, I love that meet this morning. That's fantastic, you know. And, and I think if we'd said to Anita, could you tell us some stories for the last six months, she'd still be talking now. Yeah? 
That was just the last week, uh, and, and that's fantastic. Um, and I think just a growing recognition that the gracious hand of the Lord is upon us. We had the Compassion guys here a couple of weeks ago, and they, we, we took them out for lunch afterwards, and they said, wow. I said, what do you mean, wow? They said, the church is great. And I said, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> and and but they said, we, get, we visit churches most Sundays, and what you have have got something special there. And, you know, I think sometimes we get accustomed to what we've got, and, uh, and, and that's great in one measure, but we must never lose sight of what we've got, that God's blessing upon us. Uh, and also the sense of, we were looking as we came into the new year, 2019, that sense of God's protection over our lives as well. And we'll unpack some of this a little bit more. Um, and we reflected on that prayer of Jabez where he says, Oh, that you would bless me, enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And then it says, And the Lord answered his prayer. How many of you like a prayer answering like that one? Um, so God's blessing and money. And a key thing with regard to the Jabez thing we said is that he was an honorable man. He was an honorable man. And so key foundation in his life. But God's blessing and money. So just for a few moments, just to think about what are our attitudes about towards money and what do we do with our money? Uh, we've already taken the offering, so you can take a bit of a sigh of relief, all right? Uh, so I'm not going to ask you for any money this morning. And actually, I've got to say, the church's been brilliant. You know, over the last 18 months, almost two years now, as a church, and I think about the vision offering that we had uh, running uh, and what the church, you and me, all of us together, rose to, it's phenomenal. That these buildings that we're able to bought were, were bought outright and the refurbishment that we've done, we've covered every penny. Yeah? There's one or two things we want to do that we'll chat through with you and share with you. Uh, and we're doing a Vision Sunday in a few weeks' time. We'll talk a bit more about that as, as we get nearer to it. But um, what about God's word on money then? It's suggested by some commentators that the Gospels contain more warnings about money than anything else. And uh, Hugh uh, lent me a book to have a look at the other day. And it was entitled, 2,350, 2,350 Scripture References to Money. I could take some getting through. I've read it all. Um, and uh, he, he did confess to me that he nicked the book <laughs> from his son. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. We're working on his integrity. And honesty, but but he, at least he was honest about it. At least he was honest about it. Um, you know, scholars tell us that one in every six verses in the New Testament talks about money. Uh, many of the parables, at least half the parables of Jesus, had some element of dealing with this issue of money. Um, of course, the first, one of the, the only dis disciple of the first 12 to fall was Judas. And what was that all about? There was a money element to that. The first sin recorded in the local church in the Acts of the Apostles was about money. A couple of characters called Ananias and Sapphira and their integrity with regard to money. So the Bible clearly teaches us about money. Not that it's evil in and of itself, but it's our attitude, it's our love for money. We'll unpack that in a moment. And we, we are warned not to make the accumulation of money a goal 
and a key element of our lives. So right attitude. Paul says this in 1 Timothy 6, 9. He says, people who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into a ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. That does not sound like a great scenario that I want to experience. Pierced with many griefs. But what are the biblical principles that should frame our attitude to money? And we're talking a little bit about giving this morning. Uh, it's interesting that when you look through New Testament, and over and over again, you find principles in the New Testament are rooted in principles and practices in the Old Testament, but seem to be elevated. And what do I mean by that? So, for example, um, rather than giving, because in the Old Testament, there's a lot of law-based giving, but actually, in the New Testament, it's all about our relationship with God and how that has affected my life and your life yeah that encounter with God changes our hearts and attitudes at least that's been my journey and I guess for many of you too Paul again and let's just look at a few verses in 2nd Corinthians 8 verse 5 he's talking about the Macedonian church that in reality were quite a poor group of people didn't have much in the way of uh, money or uh, possessions And it says there in verse 5 that they gave themselves first to the Lord. You know, and as as I was just thinking about the beginning of this year, 2019, and uh, we were thinking about some of this stuff, and I said, are we willing as a people, as a church, and as individuals to give ourselves to the Lord? And I remember saying on that first Sunday of 2019, if you're willing for that, would you stand and we're going to pray? And pretty much en masse, everybody stood and said, we are willing at the beginning of another year, 2019, to to give ourselves to the Lord. Um, And that's a great thing. A great heart, a great aspiration, a great desire to seek God first. And uh, so this was the Macedonian church. They gave themselves first to the Lord. Great accolade. And then you get to verse 7, and Paul says, you are doing well in so many things. Brilliant. Fantastic. But he says this, I'd love to see you excel in the grace of giving. So he thought there was some room for, I nearly said room for improvement. Um, But he wanted to see them excel in the grace of giving. The sense of grace is something that you receive and then are able to do something because you've received something. I can't give unless I've received that's just logic. Don't need maths degree for that one. But here's the thing. He said, I want to see you excel in the grace of giving, but get the balance right, because the very next verse, he said, I am not commanding you. I'm not commanding you. And then he says, uh, in verse 12, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. Yeah, God is not looking to compel us to do that sort of thing. But I think as we encounter God, we are compelled to live differently. How many of you found that in your life? When you have an encounter with God, it changes everything. You know, Isaiah, classic example. We will not get into a lot. But um, 
And then if you go to the very next chapter, chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, he says, so he's still talking uh, in this same letter. And he says, verse 6, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So there is a blessing associated with giving. Sowing and reaping, biblical principle, over and over again throughout Scripture. But then he says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. This is not a uh, twisting your arm up your back sort of thing. This is, you know, consider what God has done in your life and begin to make some decisions off the back of that. Um, you know, we had uh, Compassion here a couple of weeks ago, as I said. And uh, Compassion's a multi, yeah, multi-million pound um, charity. Uh, in charity terms, the top 100 charities in the UK, uh, and we're talking lots and lots of money to be in that 100, Compassion's in that top 100. It's a big organisation. And sometimes those things can get into a little bit, you know, uh, the emotion of the moment and respond. So I was very concerned about that uh, when we had the opportunity and we were looking at the possibility of compassion. I'm being really honest with you right now. And I briefed Claire five months before she came. And I said, I'm very happy for compassion to come. But I do not want you to hard sell what compassion is doing to the congregation because we already support children through compassion as individuals. Secondly, we support children in Zimbabwe. Thirdly, we support children in Colombia. So I said, it is part, not only, what we're doing, part of. And I've got to say, Claire was brilliant when she came. And as a result of that, and I don't know that Claire would have done that, but I have had experience where sometimes that's gone a little bit over the balance the wrong way, the way things are presented. And um, as a result of that, 17 children from last a week last Sunday are now being sponsored. From com you guys, through the compassion. And if like uh, one person rang me up in the week following and said, uh, I've been praying and I really feel I should support one of those children. How do I do that? And Well, if you're another person in that category, there are, I think, about five profiles on that back shelf over there. If you want to take one of those, you're very welcome uh, to do that. But I think it's, it's not about twisting people's arms. It's about letting God do his work in our lives. And I hope that's uh, coming across. And when whoever sows generally, gen generously will also reap generously. Again, that, as I said, that biblical principle of sowing and reaping. Let me tell you a little bit about my story. Uh, some of you may have heard this before. Forgive me if you have. But when I was uh, 16, back in 1979, you did the maths. You'll know how old I am now. Um, I started earning money. First time ever in my life that I was paying tax and national insurance. It's like, oh. Um, and I remember talking to the minister of the church at the time. And... I've been brought up on this whole sort of principle of tithing. And even out of my pocket money as a kid, I would give 10% of my pocket money. And so it came to tithing. And uh, so I went to speak to him and I said, yeah, I'm starting to earn some money. And, but I pay tax and national insurance. 
should I pay my tithe on what is left after the net amount, what is left after I paid my tax insurance, or should I pay it on the gross amount before I pay tax and insurance? And uh, he was really very wise, and he said, well, he said, David, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but he said, you could always consider giving God the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> so that's what I did. And from that moment on, I've given a tenth of my income back to the Lord. And um, that really helped me. And another thing that helped me uh, back then, it's a little bit older, and uh, went down to a big youth event in Westminster um, Central Hall down in London. And a guy speaking uh, used an illustration that I'll use now. And some of, again, I, I've shared this one before. So the illustration was all about, you know, as we did at the beginning of the year, we gave ourselves to the Lord. Again, like that Macedonian church, we gave ourselves first to the Lord. And so, but then it comes to the practicalities of what does that mean? And so it was that sense of God speaking and saying, David, you give everything of your life to me. Yes, Lord, everything. He said, okay. He said, uh, you've got a house. Are you willing to give that to me? House? Yeah, if you give everything to me. So, yeah, here's the, here's the house key, Lord. The house is over to you. Then he said, David, you've got a car. He said, um, would you be willing to give your car to me? And it came to the point of me thinking, that's really, what does that mean? And I said, yes, Lord, here you go. Here's the key to the car. This one's Anne-Marie's car. I better not give that one away. Um, <laughs> but, but here's the key to my car. Uh, and then he said, that's great. He said, um, and this is back in the day. I used to play electric guitar. Yeah, in a church band. And we actually taught, we toured, just to say. I wasn't that good. I wouldn't get in this band. Um, but <laughs> what are you saying, Rach? You remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and God said to me, David, would you give me, give me your guitar? And I said, okay, Lord. And then he said, David, would you give me, you've given me all of your life. He's saying, would you give me all of your money? I said, hang on a minute, Lord. All of my money. And it came to the point, I said, Lord, I just want to honor you with my life. It's all my money. And he said, is that everything? And I said, yeah, that's everything. And he said, okay, that's great. He said, you are my chosen one. That's come through already today. I want to bless you, I want to encourage you. And practically speaking, you're going to need somewhere to live. Just so happens I've got a house. And here's the key. Would you look after it for me? Would you make sure it's maintained? Would you make sure, you know, everything's done that needs to be doing on it and use it for me and my glory? Would you steward that house for me? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And then he said, you're going to need a car to get around to do the things that I've called you to do. Just so happens I've got a car. Here's the keys. Uh, make sure it's MOT'd, insured, uh, looked after, maintained well. Use it for me. And I said, okay, Lord. And he said, you know, you can play the guitar a bit. He said, keep practicing. But he said, I've got a guitar. Would you use it for me? And I said, yes, Lord, I'll use it for you. And then he said, uh, and he said, well, you know, you're going to need some money, let's be honest. Can't get away with living without money in this world. He said, you're going to need some money. He said, 
here's some money. He said, oh, by, by the way, just a moment. He said, I'll just take 10% <laughs> and uh, you, you look after the 90 and steward it well. That was so helpful to me back in my late teens, early 20s. Well, it would have been early 20s if I was owning the house back then. Um, there are some amazing promises of God if we will be obedient. Malachi 6, Old Testament scripture, but so real. Bring the whole house, tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me. and Test me. Who wants to test God? But he actually says do it. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Blessing that you will not be able to contain and protection for all that is in your care. And the people that you live among will call you a blessed nation. You know, we have people visiting like the Compassion Guys and, and others who say, you are a blessed people. And I believe that's something to do with our heart and our attitude corporately as well as individually uh, for us as the church. You know, and that whole thing about bringing a tithe, that tenth that I just mentioned, um, handing it back to God, not giving it to just handing it back to him. Because if we believe it, it's all from him in the first place. You know, and there's scripture, I haven't got time to read them. They might be on screen, but there's Genesis 14, where this is pre the law, where Abraham gives to Melchizedek, who's a, a priest of the order uh, of that Jesus is found in. Big thing we could talk about there. Uh, Jacob's promise at Bethel, God, if you will be with me, will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, all that you give me, I'll give you a tenth. Genesis 28 there. Uh, and then the... Then Moses receives the law from God himself. And there's a whole raft of stuff. And tithing was a major part of God's overall financial plan. Leviticus 27, Numbers 1. And then you come into the New Testament, you even find Jesus endorsing tithing. You remember when he's challenged in with the um, scribes and the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And he says, uh, he didn't mince his words, Jesus. Sometimes he said, you hypocrites. Uh, you give a tenth of what you've got, brilliant. You give a tenth of what you've got, so you're fulfilling that element of the law, but you've neglected more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Get it all in balance. You should have practiced the latter, justice, faith, and justice, faithfulness, and mercy, without neglecting the former. Get the whole thing in balance. You know, we, we don't talk about money every week because we don't need to. It is in the Bible, and we will talk about it on occasion. Is that okay? Tithing is a reminder that all that we have comes from and belongs to the Lord. Um, Deuteronomy 8. You may say to yourself, my power and strength, sorry, uh, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, it's the Lord God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Why don't the band come back? I'll wrap this up. Leviticus 27 tells us that the, the tithe belongs to the Lord. It is holy to him. And I think it's important why we give, what we give, where we give. We can, I'm running out of time here. We could talk a bit about that. Um, what's it for? The service of the Lord, etc., etc. I'm just going to go to a final thought. I'm going to go to that Sarah at the back there on the screens. I'm going to go to that. Proverbs 3, Scripture. You know, because if we are willing to put God's word in practice, there's quite a bit more I could have said. 
if we're willing to put God's word into practice, if we are willing to put God's word into practice, we will experience God's blessing on our hearts and lives because he is a loving heavenly father. Um, If we will honor him, he will honor us. Proverbs 3, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be filled up to overflowing, vats will brim. When we got married, we had to face the big question of, we're buying a house, are we going to tithe? Are we going to give 10%? Are we going to give offerings to God? How are we going to do that? And um, I suppose in fairness, and Amory won't mind me saying this, I was more used to it, to doing that, than perhaps she was brought up with. But we decided to go for it. And I want to say that God has been so faithful to us. Don't mean it's always been easy. Sometimes there's been challenges on the way. There was a period in our lives where God asked us, would we give up living in a house and move the whole family and live in one room? So we had three kids and a dog living in one room at the top of a church in in, uh, Cheshire. And we separated the room off with wardrobes. But God's been so faithful. And we've clearly seen the favor of God on our lives as we've sought to honor him. And, and I don't think, in that sense, I'm anything special, but I am chosen. But here's the thing, so are you. And if we're willing to fully give ourselves to the Lord, and that's going to mean different things to each one of us. God isn't going to ask us all to give up living in a house for a while. But he may ask you to do something he's never asked me to do. Are we willing to respond to his promptings? As Malachi 3 says, and see if God will not pour out so much blessing that we can't contain it. At the age of 16, when I was going into that full-time working environment, I asked myself the question, and I was very serious about it. Am I really wanting to give my life to God? Do I really want to honor him and serve him? Whatever that means, and I was working in industry and or going to be working in industry, because I, I felt very strongly that if I wasn't willing to give it all, what was the point? What was the point? But if we will wholeheartedly follow the Lord, there are promises and in our experience that God will provide, God will protect and God will direct. And if you want God to provide, protect, and direct, then give it all to him, whatever that means. And that won't be evident right in this moment, but over the course of our lives, God calls us to do things. Why don't you stand? I want to pray. Like Jabez of old, you know, as we seek to honor him with our lives, I believe the Lord does want to respond. And he wants us to bring enlargement into our lives. And that's not always goods and possessions and things like that. It's enlargement in so many different ways. But I believe that's for each person here today. And if you've never got to that place of saying, actually, I'm willing to give whatever, then why don't you right here and now just respond in your own hearts? I'm not going to ask you to come out or do anything like that, but just to respond in your own hearts. Lord, am I willing 
to go through with the whole thing of giving my whole life to you. So Lord, I thank you for your promises of your word. I thank you that you are faithful. I thank you that we are chosen. I thank you that every person in this room comes under that category as they put their trust in you. And Lord, I pray that over and over again we will hear stories like Anita's story today. And that we will see the intervention of your hand in our lives, in the very practical, in the very ordinary as it seems to be sometimes, in the ordinary bits of life, we will see your hand of provision, protection and guidance. And Lord, for each one of us, we will know what it is to sense the gracious hand of the Lord upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you.